Season 1, Episode 51. What a week, boys and girls. Well, we've got all the political conventions over, and now we're ready to start trying to elect or re-elect a president, while another president of a Christian university um, has, let's just say, unzipped a whole new set of problems. Okay, he's too stupid to talk and too ugly to eat. Cause it's a great big stupid world On a dirt clod out in space Where it stops nobody knows If Jesus came back today They'd try to book him on the Oprah with a free show Cause it's a great big stupid world He's given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder there's a mind left. It's Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. Welcome to my world again. It's another great week of stupidity it's gone through, and oh my goodness, we have just got so many good stories. But of course, the one that's got me on my soapbox is the one that really has not gotten that much media attention in the mainstream media, mainly because it's been, you know, the week of the Republican National Convention. So the mainstream media has pretty been pretty much been preoccupied, you know, with the likes that Melania Trump had a very militaristic look whenever she spoke. And of course, all the liberal CNN heads imploded when Nicholas Sandman decided to get up and you know, make his speech and basically call them out. In a, in a sense, you might say Nick Sandman canceled the uh, cancel culture on CNN. Um, and it was just fun to watch. It really was. So mainstream media was pretty much preoccupied with all of that. And probably if we didn't have the RNC this week, they probably would have said something. I'm sure that some of the late-night talk show hosts was able to capitalize on at least one of their jokes having to do with all the attention surrounding Liberty University and the son of the founder, Jerry Falwell Jr., and his resignation. Of course, this is all not necessarily stemming from the uh, rather awkward photo that he temporarily posted on his Instagram where he's seen on a yacht holding some dark-colored beverage with some young female, both of which were, let's just say, making their own bare midriffs with their clothes. She, of course, I think was pregnant. And, oh, both of them <clears throat> weren't able to button their britches. That, uh, that was just the tip of the iceberg until we found out that Jerry's wife not for just, you know, a few weeks or months, but for years, was having an affair with the pool boy, you might say. Uh, but it doesn't stop there. Where it gets a little more sordid is that, well, Jerry knew about it and in some ways encouraged it. So I guess, you know, at first Jerry decided that he would offer his resignation. Now, that was one story, but then backpedaled and said, no, no, that's not what he was going to do. And then backpedaled, or should say front-pedaled again, and then said, yes, he would resign after taking a paid leave of absence. Oh, 
And the caveat, <clears throat> he's probably going to get a nice parting love gift to the tune of about $10 million. Now, the only reason that Jerry Falwell um, Jr. was there for as long as he was, and it took something like this to knock him off his pedestal, was that Jerry did a pretty good job bringing in the money to Liberty University. You know what they say about money? Money talks, and, well, you know what walks. Now, obviously, um, while it's nothing to rejoice over, it's probably more of things to, you know, hang your head over the porcelain goddess over. Even if you weren't part of the religious community, it's just stupid. That's, I mean, how stupid do you have to be to be the president of really of any university, much less one of a Christian university status and one that is a more well-known Christian university status, and your father was a well-known televangelist. It's like, I don't know. But yeah, it, it's, it's, it's sad, it's sordid, it's pathetic, it's sickening, and it's stupid. But look, you know what? Jerry wasn't a victim here. Nobody coerced him, and he didn't go into this completely naive. No, he knew exactly what he was doing, and he knew exactly the risks, I'm sure, that he would be taking. He might have considered them for a brief moment before he may have assumed that nobody would really ever say anything, even if they did find out. The question is this. I know that should Christendom um, what, show, you know, sweep this under the rug? Should the church, oh, we don't talk about that. Oh, no, we don't want to speak ill of that. No, look, the university is a good university. I've been there. I've toured the campus. One of my children was going there in a prospective visit. Yes, they have a great program. I think if you get a degree from there, it it will carry quite a bit of weight. So this has nothing to do with the university. It has a lot to do with the main role model of the university. The fact is, Jerry Falwell Jr. can't be immunized by the Christian community for the stupid decisions that he did, and the Christian community really shouldn't try to immunize him just because he's Jerry Falwell Jr. That means he's a public figure. He's been on the campaign trail with the President of the United States and has spoken on national television. He has been, um, I guess, a consultant, you might say, on major news networks. It's not like he's some small Christian college president that's tucked away somewhere in the Appalachia Hills of Virginia. No, this is Liberty University, okay? Um, so the Christian community we, we, we don't just, well, we don't talk about it. And guess what? We're going to talk about it. And it's being talked about. And it's being made fun of. Now, some may say, should you do it? Should you not do it? Well, look, let me just say this. If you did the time or did the crime, you have to do the time. Now, obviously, I like poking fun at it because it's stupid. And 
if you make a decision to do something like this, you deserve to be made fun of. I deserve to be made fun of if I did something like that. You know? So I'm going to make fun of it. And now, does that mean that I'm being hateful toward Jerry Falwell Jr.? No, I'm not. Being rather, um, I will say, vocal about what he did. No, Jerry Falwell is not stupid. But what he did was stupid. And being the very public person that he is, well, there was going to be a lot of public reaction to it. That's just part of it. It'll blow over like everything else. And then, you know, years down the line, he'll probably come back as being some revered person who was instrumental in helping to build a wonderful university. And this little black mark in his life will probably be eh, reduced to uh, something that was just, well, a bad decision. But for right now, it's a pretty big deal. Jerry Falwell made a fool of himself, of his wife, of his family, of his university, and of his God. You shouldn't expect, well, everybody else to basically react in the foolish way they are. Uh, and it's not like we're doing it out of, you know, well, I'm going to pounce on them like dog pile, but you made a stupid decision. You made something, you made a decision that, well, opened yourself up. Um, so, yeah, you can't keep your pants zipped. I guess you can't expect people to keep their lips zipped either. You know, everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and I would love to hear about it. If you've got a great story from your stupid world, or if you just want to respond to one of mine, let me hear from you. Contact me at shoutout at insaneeriklane.com. Or if you've got a question, a comment about something I've said, or if you want to tell me some firsthand experience of stupidity you've encountered, I'd love for you to record a message for me at podcast.insaneeriklane.com. I might actually use your feedback on an upcoming episode. And if you haven't already, and I fail to see why not, follow me on social media on Facebook or Twitter by searching out the handle at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. I tell you, you know, with all the... Stuff happening with uh, Christian college presidents, uh, pastors, churches, and then you got all the other stuff happening in this country, <clears throat> the riots, the racial tension. You know, I, I, you ever, I grew up like, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, and I don't know, maybe I was just sheltered, but I don't remember us having this much racial tensions back in the 70s and 80s, even the 90s. To some degree, I, I don't know what's really changed, but a lot of us just think that we think the country's going down the toilet, you know. Um, but interesting, I was listening to some of these other podcasts, and one podcast I've listened to is the Corbett Report. I don't go along with a lot of this, uh, you know, conspiracy theory crap. I get all kinds of stuff sent to me from friends and family about <clears throat> everything from 5G causing corona, 
you know, and this kind of stuff. But um, <clears throat> people just have this sense that everything is going down the toilet. Um, and, and then this particular podcast of the Corporate Report, he has a, a pretty interesting theory on just what it's not really all about the racial tension that's driving where we're headed. There are people, I think, uh, behind the scenes pulling the strings and the racial tensions are just the byproducts. The political division is just the byproducts. Uh, James Corbett was talking about what's really happening is the fight to control you with the use of those technocrats behind the scenes where we're getting you know, money that's becoming digitized, um, your medical records that's becoming digitized online. Uh, you've got Elon Musk, who is coming out with a brain chip. <clears throat> a lot of this is for either um, security, for safety, for ease of convenience, a lot of it. But in all fairness, do you realize <clears throat> that... Um, you're giving up a lot of your information to people that you don't know how they're going to use it. You hope that they'll use it to your good. And the more I listen to this, you know, we're seeing this happen. There's, there's cities over in China that have gone all digital for currency. There's no physical currency. If you want to go buy a newspaper, the newspaper stand, you pay for it with your phone. Um, which sounds great, but what happens if all your medical records, all of your financial, you get direct deposit, everything is all electronic, and you decide, I don't want to be vaccinated. You know, I have not taken a flu vaccine, mainly because, as my wife says, I never get sick. I just, you know, if they had a vaccine to prevent sinus infections, I'd be the first one in line, you know? But I've really never gotten the flu. I practice good hygiene. I try to stay as, you know, I'm not a health nut, but I try to, you know, avoid getting sick. Okay. Um, I take my share of Advil, cold and sinus and, you know, antihistamines and this kind of thing. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not a health food nut. You know, I, I like real meat. I like whole milk, but I don't overextend myself into any of that stuff. But, you know... What happens when you don't want to take a vaccine and suddenly, well, you don't get insurance, you don't get um, paid from your job, you don't, um, suddenly that now it's beyond your control because everything is on the digital grid. And it just makes you kind of wonder. And the whole time I'm listening to, to, to James Corbett talk about this and how Bill Gates is working on this. And, of course, you've got the Soros people and you've got a lot of these other folks. I do believe that there is a lot of nefarious stuff going on in the background that we don't know about. I already know that. I just I can't put my finger on it. But I know that it's out there. But I also know that um, while we think we're going in the toilet, it's not like that it's been predicted. You know, the Bible is very clear about the fact that the world is not going to get any better. And the more I'm listening to James Corbett in the Corbett Report, I'm thinking, wow, this is really sounding like the mark of the beast, that you cannot buy or sell or do transactions or do life unless you have the mark of the beast. In this case, it may be your digital identity. You see what I'm saying? So um, 
you know, when you start thinking about how the world is going down the toilet, yeah, it is. It really is, slowly but surely, because the Bible predicted it. But the more I hear all this stuff about, you know, this thing, I'm listening in podcasts and newscasts and talk shows and whatnot, it doesn't cause me to become anxious or fearful. It causes me to be hopeful. One of my favorite quotes from the late Dr. Adrian Rogers, who is pastor of the Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. He had a, an entire, I guess an entire message one time on the fact that it is getting gloriously dark. I like that term. It really is. It's getting gloriously dark because that means at one point, another prediction in the Bible will be coming true, and that is the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I do believe that's going to happen. I don't know when or how. You know, they say that, uh, well, everyone in the world will know at the same time when Jesus comes. Then you think, well, if he, if, if Jesus descends from the clouds as he ascended, you know, in the New Testament, and if he comes down in, like, let's say, for instance, on that same mountain that he actually ascended from, how is the whole world going to see that at the same time? You know, it always kind of puzzled me. Because I'm on the opposite side of the, the earth. How am I going to see Jesus coming down from the clouds? You know, it, the, the earth is round. You know, you can't see on the other side, right? And then somebody said, well, you realize that back whenever that was written, they didn't have the Internet. And then I thought, you know, that's probably an interesting thing to think about. There's a lot of things that, you know, Revelation is shrouded in. It's a fog that you can't see very clearly through. But the closer you get to an object through the fog, the clearer that it becomes. And as we go through the fog in life and you see all this shadows that's going on, that means that something's getting closer. And we're going to see more of what I think Revelation is talking about over the next several years, I think, or not, maybe sooner. I don't know. But just remember, it's getting gloriously dark. Every time you start thinking that the world is going down the toilet. And, well, I'll tell you another thing that's really going down the toilet, which is in a really bad segue, is toilet paper. (laughs) And, you know, through this pandemic, we've been using an awful lot of toilet paper, more than I think we ever have, I think. In fact, um, it's even prompted people to take a survey of how much we use. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't use a lot of toiletries, but there was a study where like 2,000 British people said the average family there, they use 24 bottles of shower gel, 24 bottles of toothpaste, 12 bottles of moisturizer, and 108 rolls of toilet paper every year. However, they only recycle meh, maybe 60% of the plastic waste with maybe a third admitting they don't even consider the environmental impact that their hair care and beauty regimes have. A full 41% didn't even know that the chemicals from hair products going down the drain and hairsprays are all bad for the environment. And 38% didn't know that most commercial face and baby wipes contain plastics. And a full 13% said they refuse to make more sustainable hair care routine changes because they're afraid that switching products might damage their hair. Oh, the vanity... Well, you know, that's just one area that we're going down the toilet. I mean, it's it's inevitable. There was another study 
in this country it found the average American, we will spend an average of $11,198 in toilet paper in our lifetime. We flush that right down the toilet. That's about 180 bucks a year. And spending has almost doubled since the pandemic has started because we're all stocking up on and using more while we're at home. And here's some other interesting, fascinating facts. The average U.S. household goes through 159 rolls of toilet paper every year and 145 rolls of toilet paper or of, of, of paper towels, 145 rolls of paper towels, <laughs> 159 rolls of toilet paper. And over the course of your life, you'll probably spend $10,519 on paper towels, $9,454 on tissues, probably more for me because of my sinuses, and we go through about $9,403 worth of plastic bags and garbage bags. There's people out there that are counting beans that figured this out. So now we're finding bidets are becoming a lot more popular than they used to be. 42% of people who don't have one now say they would consider it. And frankly, I'm not, I'm, I'm not too opposed to having one. It kind of sounds nice. I'm not sure. My, my dad would spend half an hour on the toilet reading the newspaper. And, you know, I may never get off the toilet if I had a bidet. I don't know. Well, Somebody else that was going down the toilet was Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. Haven't been hearing much about Ellen of late. Of course, you know, you've heard all of the toxic work environment that she supposedly was allowing on her talk show. Now, well, she's decided we're going to increase some perks. Um, page six recently had a report that said the employees now are going to get to have increased paid time off and a generous medical leave policy. These new benefit packages also include birthdays off, paid time for medical appointments, and family matters. Well, that's awfully kind of her. Now, this comes, of course, after Ellen eh, apologized for management's bad behavior in a Zoom call with all of her staff. Now, another source tells Page Six Ellen will return to the set, and some staffers are going to be excited to just move forward from the drama. I don't know about you, but... Does that sound like a bribe to you? I don't know. I mean, if the rumors are true, I guess they probably deserve everything they're getting. I think she might have a I think I should have my birthday off. I think that's a good idea. Paid birthdays off. I like that perk. That's pretty cool. Um, so Ellen also may be needing a new staff also pretty soon, though. However... Attention job seekers. Due to a mass exodus, the Ellen DeGeneres show is looking for employees who share her demanding focus on the little things. Something's going on with the fruit. Ellen knows the key to success is obsessing over the smallest details. Uh, is there a specific kind of fruit? fruit in general? Someone needs to look into it. There's something going on. It doesn't taste the same as it used to taste when I was a kid. She may be a monster backstage. But at least she's consistent. The apple, it looks ripe. It's, it's, it's red. If you have what it takes to join Ellen's army, send her resume and join the battle. But then you bite into the apple and it's like a styrofoam mixed with water. Uh, I tried the fruit and I thought it was fine, Ellen, sir. Oh! New positions are opening all the time. So get out there and get those applications turned in, all right? So, but, uh, hey, look, um... 
if you are doing that or working anywhere, make sure you have your mask. Boy, I'm telling you, there's been more and more talk about masks now that we're getting kids back in school. But here's something, though, that might be a sign of the times. Women now think mask wearing is sexy. That's right. I guess you might say masks are the new beards. (laughs) According to this survey, the vast majority of American women whopping 88%, say they find men that wear a face mask in public during the COVID-19 pandemic sexier than those who don't. The poll was conducted by the uh, sexual wellness brand called Royal. Also found this was true for women who are currently in a relationship with a non-mask wearer. Additionally, while only 6% of U.S. women have had sex with a face mask on during the COVID-19 pandemic, and why would anybody even tell you about that if they did, About 25% are actually open to the idea. Hmm. Unfortunately, though, there are some people who are completely unaware of this statistic. Well, because they're still too busy fighting over whether face masks are even effective. Oh! Everybody is face mask fighting. Huh. COVID believes good lighting. Ha. Think that the scientists are lying. Huh. The left versus the right wing. Ha. Some people wear a mask and some people refuse. They're getting into fights. Don't agree on the truth. First they call each other sheep And then somebody gets beat As they punch and scream and kick Arguing about COVID Everybody is face mask fighting Think Dr. Fauci's lying Say only old people are dying Cause we're all face mask fighting And researchers now may have found a discover uh, a discovery for the hangover, the cure for it. Okay, and I guess you could probably drink to it. They are in Finland, and these researchers think they've discovered this cure for hangovers at the University of Eastern Finland. There, they found that amino acid L-cysteine relieves alcohol-induced ailments like nausea, headache, stress, and anxiety. Wouldn't know what that felt like. In a study, nausea and headache appears to have been managed with a 12-milligram dose of L-cysteine taken in tablet form, while stress and anxiety were then managed with a 600-milligram dose. L-cysteine has been used previously to help treat arthritis and hardening of the arteries. If you're interested in trying it, you can actually get L-cysteine at vitamin and supplement stores. Yeah, I, I, there you go. I don't put a lot of drugs in my body, but, you know, supposedly it also has some good side effects, like it helps to keep your skin and hair and nails healthy. Do you love to get drunk but hate the hangover? Yeah! 
yeah! Have you tried not drinking but hate facing reality? A double yeah! Then ask your bartender about amino acid L-cysteine, the breakthrough hangover cure. Last night, I got blackout drunk and committed a lot of crimes. But after taking the hangover cure, I feel like a choir boy. Amino acid L-cysteine brings back your innocence. I tried not drinking when going out, but that just made me realize how much I hate my friends. Thank God for amino acid L-cysteine, or she'd be a total loner. Hey! It's bartender recommended and approved. I used to have to work completely sober, but now I can get plastered with my customers and come back the next day ready to do it all again. Why quit destructive behaviors when you can just take a pill to feel better? Get amino acid L-cysteine today. Will not cure life's problems, only hangovers. And I've also been intrigued by these commercials on TV for the new app for your phone called WAGS. It's a it's an, an app that you can use if you want somebody to take your dog for a walk. I think they may be onto something. I'm definitely going to have to tell this to my son, this story, because we spend a good 20 minutes every day arguing him with his grandmother about having to take her yippy little barker out for a poop walk after dinner. Yeah, it's almost like clockwork. You know, we finish the dinner and then grandma says, would you mind and be so kind as to take Susie out for her walk? And then we and then and then it starts. But I'm going to remind him he might want to thank his lucky American stars and stripes. He's not living in Germany. They have a law there that's just been introduced that would make it mandatory for owners to take their dogs for walks at least twice a day for a minimum of one hour in total. It's the proposed Dogs Act. It also states that owners would not be able to leave dogs chained up or alone for an entire day and puppies would be required to have human companionship for at least four hours a day. I guess this means that you now get, what, paid time off to take your dog for a walk? Agriculture Minister Julia Klockner said in a recent interview, Pets are not cuddly toys. They need Their needs have to be taken into account. So I guess if this law is passed, it could actually go into effect next year. If you're getting a dog and you are German, you will get much more exercise. Because the law's now been determined, you must take your mongrels outside. Collect your dogs out. Schnell, 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 schnell. Don't leave them inside. Nein, 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 nein. They need to pee pee. Schnell, 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 schnell. Collect your dogs out. Yeah. At least in this country, we still have dog TV. No, really, there's an actual TV channel just for your dog. And later on in the podcast, I got a great story about now you're going to be able to enjoy a nice cold one with your dog. Yeah, he gets his own drink. Wait till you hear about that one. That's coming up later on. Speaking of Elon Musk, I referred to this earlier, but tech entrepreneur and uh, Tesla cars are. He wants to put this chip in your brain. This is a real story. It's for your own good, too. He's funding a secretive startup called Neuralink. It's working on an implant that is capable of 
curing various kinds of brain injuries and trauma. Now, ultimately, the brain chips would use artificial intelligence, and a demo of the work in progress was recently released, according to the medical news site called STAT. I can hardly wait for this. I just I can hardly wait for the conspiracy theorists to crank it up into high gear. And this is really a great example of, um, well, not dotting all your I's and crossing all your T's. Kellogg's, the cereal people, accidentally named their new waffles after a rather filthy slang term. Now, this is, I guess you can say, from the whoops department. See, Kellogg's just started selling these new blue waffles here in, in the UK. They're called mermaid waffles. And they have a blue raspberry flavor. I'm not sure I like the idea of blue raspberry in my waffles. I mean, maybe the syrup, but not the waffle. But apparently Kellogg's didn't really look up the term blue waffle in the Urban Dictionary before they decided to slap it on their product. Because it turns out blue waffle is a slang term for, uh, well, lady parts that are struggling with an STD. Whoops. Oh, and please, whatever you do, do not type that into a Google image search for your own good, especially at work. And in other women's news, I don't know if you saw this or not, but women are now posing topless on mountaintops, all in the name of empowerment. I got to say, It does sound pretty empowering to flash the world. There's a trend that started about five years ago, but it's really been picking up steam of late. Women are hiking to the top of mountains and then going topless, all in the name of empowerment. A lot of these women are sharing photos of it on social media, but don't get too excited. The photos typically just show their bare backs, not the front. I mean, because uh, mountaintop doesn't ban nudity in its terms of service, but, you know, Instagram does. It begs the question, though, do they really freeze their nipples off? Oh, well. One woman is showing empowerment at the post office, and it is none other than Cher. Cher spent all day recently trying to save the United States Postal Service by volunteering. But I don't think they were too excited about it. She starts out by tweeting, Can people volunteer at the post office? And then in all caps, I'm not kidding. Could I volunteer at my post office? Well, apparently nobody was responding because about a half an hour later, she then adds, also in all caps, Is no one going to help me with post office? (laughs) So then she takes matters into her own hands. Okay, I called two post offices in Malibu. They were polite. I said, Hi, this is Cher. And I'd like to know if you ever take volunteers. Well, the lady said she didn't know and gave me a number of the supervisor. I called, and they said, no, need fingerprints and a background check. (laughs) I mean, no matter how hard she tries, they keep pushing her aside. She can't seem to break through. I don't understand. Cher speaks about her experience with the post office, and, well, this is what she had to say about them. No matter how hard I try. Ma'am, please. You keep pushing me aside. But it's still possible that you'll buy some stamps from Cher. 
the American Postal Workers Union <laughs> replied to Cher's post, or her last tweet, I should say, asking her to DM them and get involved in helping the Postal Service. So I guess after this little episode now, I guess it seems that more celebrities may be trying to work there as well. Cher wants to volunteer at the post office, and now other celebrities are too, like Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with the post office? <gasps> Newman. Eddie Murphy. Look at how I lift up this heavy mailbag. I'm like, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> Jay Leno. I just got a post office job. Do you hear about this? It's true. I'll be jaywalking the mail to your house. Gordon Ramsay. Oh, fuck. You call yourself a postman? My dog wouldn't chase after you. Maybe post office jobs are best for regular people. Are you Sarah Connor? Just sign right here. Well, there's also the report of a tan dog that was loose in traffic. Turns out it wasn't a dog. It was a runaway goat. That was mistaken for a dog. Happened in none other than nearby Allentown, Pennsylvania. The Salisbury Township Police Department there wrote a Facebook post about how officers were summoned by commuters who, well, called in reports of an animal on the loose. The animal was described as a, quote, tan dog. Well, officers realized very quickly it wasn't a dog but a goat. The goat was taken away in a police car, and the department said that it hopes the owner later came to, well, it hoped the owner would come to claim it, which the I think they, the owner finally did. But, I mean, how do you mistaken a, a goat for a dog? Uh, well, that is, well, I guess 2020 has just officially gone off the rails, you know? I mean, how how did they determine the goat was actually a dog? That's a good old-fashioned police work. This is KNN. I need to speak to your manager. The Karen News Network. Well, in this abbreviated uh, Karen News Network newscast, there's a company out there looking to hire a Karen to write judgmental product reviews. Kind of hard to imagine many scenarios where someone actually likes you for being a Karen, but this one I think you should listen to. There's a website called Dehumidifier Critic says they're looking to hire a Karen to write judgmental product reviews. Now, the actual job description says, quote, we're recruiting a woman to write three honest reviews a week, as well as be the voice and authority behind our Call a Karen service, which potential customers can call for advice and recommendations. By the way, the job is remote and it pays 65 bucks an hour. <laughs> And get ready for Karen the Movie. That's right. You've seen her call the manager on Facebook. Now see it on the big screen. Get ready for the movie of Karen. Technically, it's just called Karen, but it stars Taryn Manning from Orange is the New Black as a racist, entitled Southern woman trying to get rid of her new African-American neighbors. Now, if that sounds a little too subtle for you. The character's full name is Karen White, and the neighbors are Black Lives Matter's supporters. Karen. 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 You what? Why did you do that? Why did you do that, Karen? She's alarming but disarming and a really very charming modern girl. Karen. Oh, by the way, Karen the movie it's uh, scheduled to hit the theaters next year. <clears throat> Can't wait for that one. Grab the popcorn.
Well, um, people are now digging up old magazines and comparing life from, well, decades ago to today. And now we have found a very, well, rather terrible how to get a husband advice article from a 1958 women's magazine. Maybe you find it interesting that something that was said or done years ago or even a generation ago seemed that normal back then. But it sounds ridiculously funny today. Well, somebody found this old magazine article from the 50s called 129 Ways to Get a Husband. And a lot of the suggestions, well, by today's standards, are just ridiculous and sexist in today's stupid world. Like one of them that just says, be friendly to ugly men. Apparently back in the 50s, I would have a whole harem of women. Well, they're all from a 1958 issue of the women's magazine, McCall's. By the way, that went out of print back in 2002. But here's just a few more, well, by today's standards, bad pieces of advice on how to find a guy. Number one, get a job demonstrating fishing tackle in a sporting goods store. (coughs) Get lost at a football game. Number three, don't take a job at a company mostly run by women. Number four, learn to paint. Then set up an easel outside of an engineering school. (laughs) Number five, read the obituaries to find eligible widowers. Wow. Number six, wear a Band-Aid. People always ask what happened. Oh. Number seven, stand in a corner and cry softly to yourself. Chances are good that he'll come over to find out what's wrong. You think that would happen in today's society? I don't know. And finally, number eight, get a sunburn. I'm not sure about that. Well, good luck with that. And a guy steals lottery scratchers from a store, but then goes back to cash in his winnings. This is definitely some of the dumbest returning to the scene of the crime action possible. He's a 27-year-old guy named Herbert McClellan. He went to a Speedway gas station in Clearwater, Florida, around 2 o'clock in the morning. And when the clerk was distracted, he reached over the counter and snatched $102 worth of lottery scratchers. Well, then he came back to the store a few hours later because he had won $30 in a cash prize and he wanted to cash it in. Well, the employees immediately recognized him as that guy who got a handful of lottery tickets and called the cops. Herbert was arrested for petty theft and dealing in stolen property. Oh, Why on earth would he bring the lotto tickets to the same store he stole them from? He scratched the tickets and then made a decision that was a real head scratcher. It's truly amazing how stupid people are. Just when you think you've seen it all, a story like this comes around and makes you realize that when it comes to human stupidity, we haven't even scratched the surface. A male bridesmaid has been dropped from the wedding when he would not wear a dress and makeup. That's getting a lot more common these days, you know, for people that's getting married to have male bridesmaids or female groomsmen. But this is a whole new twist. This is a 22-year-old guy. He posted on Reddit recently that his 21-year-old female best friend is getting married. And she asked him to be a bridesmaid. But she had two conditions. He had to wear makeup and a dress. He says, I'm extremely comfortable with my masculinity, but 
wearing makeup and dresses is something I'm just 100% not comfortable with. Well, at least he's normal. So he told her that he didn't want to do that. And then she got so mad, she took back the invitation to be a bridesmaid and took back his invitation to the wedding. The people on Reddit voted that he is not the butthole in that situation. And the contents of some mysterious safe that was left on a New York farm is unfortunately going to still remain mysterious. This safe appeared on a New York State farmer's property, had a note attached that will remain a mystery for a, well, at least for the time being. The farmer said that this large safe, it was estimating between five to 600 pounds, appeared in this field on Kirk Mathis Farm in Barrie, New York, and this note was attached to it that read, if you can open this, you can have what's inside. Well, Mathis said deputies had to disperse a crowd of people that attempted to force it open. He said they took a sledgehammer to it, knocked off the dial and the handle. They worked on the hinges, kind of beat it up. He said the, he relocated the safe to a secret location, and for the time being, he's not telling anybody where it is. He says, my personal feeling is, leave it as a mystery. Well, the safe eventually could become part of a planned local history museum in the town of Barrie. But do you get the feeling that not a whole heck of a lot of things happen around in Barrie, New York? I mean, call me a cynic, but if a safe shows up in my field, my first assumption is that it's filled with something that nobody wants. I like this story. A woman beats up her own father over his excessive flatulence. I mean, sometimes a lot of gas can cause a big explosion, and you'll appreciate that pun here. This is a 40-year-old woman. Her name is Nicole Dozois, D-O-Z-O-I-S, Dozois. She lives with her 59-year-old father in a small house in Largo, Florida. Yes, it's Florida. One morning around 2 o'clock in the morning, she was upset that her dad wouldn't stop farting. They got into this big fight over his excessive flatulence, and, well, she wound up punching him in the face with a bunch of times and then scratching him on the neck. And obviously she was arrested for domestic battery. I don't think she'll get a very long sentence. I think she's already been sent to the gas chamber. She had just moved back in with her parents and apparently made it, it made her very sentimental. I, I don't know. I may just... They may just throw this whole arrest thing out. I mean, it doesn't pass the sniff test, frankly, you know. Evidently, the violence started when the father asked the daughter if she wanted to pull his finger. And then the fight started. You know, I bet this woman had been wearing a mask over her nose for years. And then this story from Philadelphia. A restaurant there gets this anonymous note demanding they bring back this old sandwich. Now, I know that we've all had uh, that devastating moment. You go to your favorite restaurant and they redo the menu and they get rid of something that we loved. But I don't know, would you ever do this? This was a bar and restaurant in Philadelphia called the Memphis Tap Room. They got an anonymous letter in the mail demanding they bring back the spaghetti and meatball hoagie that they dropped from the menu. The letter didn't even have a return address and it wasn't signed. But well, it didn't make any threats about what would happen if the sandwich doesn't come back. It still kind of feels kind of like a ransom note. The owner said that even though they got rid of the sandwich from the menu, 
they still have all the ingredients, so if someone really wants a sandwich that features meatballs with spaghetti on top, they can still order it. He also thinks the letter might be someone trolling because, well, you see, the sandwich is made with vegan meatballs, and the letter says people need the sandwich right now more than ever because of the, quote, Chinese virus. And, quote, anyone who would use that term probably doesn't have any interest in a vegan sandwich. And I like this. You think that you're secluded from, I don't know, current events or even reality? This guy is going viral for discovering frolicking for the very first time. I guess if you're looking for something to pick up your spirits a little bit during these really stupid times, this is a good recommendation. He's on Twitter, and his tweet is going viral, promoting frolicking, literally just running around in a field happy. It says this, quote, I frolicked for the first time today, bruh. Y'all ever frolicked before? Why no one ever tell me about this? Unquote. He followed up once the tweet started going viral with, quote, if you're having a bad day, just frolic. I promise you, you'll feel better. (laughs) I spend most of my conscious days frolicking around in front of a microphone. Well, here's something that if you think uh, our language is getting more stupid. Well, um, so is our um, written language. Now, you know that I guess some of the uh, changes in our written language comes in the form of run-on sentences. You see so many kids just have run-on sentences so many times. I'm still kind of a stickler for a correct punctuation. I just read now with the onset of more people using computers and word processors and things like this, you no longer have to double space in between sentences, you know, because the old typewriters, that's what you had to do. You had to hit double space, you know, uh, to start your next sentence. Well, now they're saying you don't have to do that now uh, because the computers take care of all the correct spacing and you don't have to space once after you have a punctuation at the end of a sentence. But this is also just as stupid. I was talking about this new thing with my youngest son. Now, I guess, you know, he uses the chats and the chat groups and, you know, all this sort of thing. But now we're having a linguist that says that if you put a period, that's intimidating to young people. I guess you shouldn't use periods when you send texts to those youth in your life. This, according to linguistic experts, They're trying to figure out why teens interpret a correctly punctuated sentence as a sign of irritation, (laughs) period. Experts say that teens who are used to communicating electronically break up their thoughts by sending each as separate messages rather than using a period, which they use to signal they are annoyed or irritated, period. Studies have shown that text messages ending with a period are usually perceived as insincere and those ending in an exclamation point are deemed heartfelt or more profound. Researcher 
Celia Kim explains that when speaking, people easily convey social and emotional information with eye gaze or facial expressions and tone of voice, pauses, and so on. People obviously can't use these mechanisms when they are texting. Thus, it makes sense that texters rely on, well, what they have available to them. Emoticons, deliberate misspellings that mimic speech sounds, and according to our data, punctuation. So if you're going to send a text to your kids, I guess send them several in little random thoughts. I don't know. A little... They may have to have a whole new class on professional writing and then casual writing. I don't know. And that the casual writing will have to be for the adults. The professional writing will be for the kids. <laughs> well, this is one something that you probably would be nightmare fuel anywhere you would look right now. But this is a particularly scary but true story. Kind of stupid, but authorities in Detroit, Michigan, are investigating after a young woman was declared dead before employees at a funeral home realized she was still alive. The whole drama began unfolding when the Southfield Fire Department responded to a call about an unresponsive female. In about 30 minutes of CPR and other measures, paramedics concluded she was dead and the body was released to the James J. Cole Funeral Home. Workers from the funeral home picked up the body after getting clearances from the medical examiner's office, but then the staff discovered the woman was still breathing. Well, the woman was then taken to the hospital, but no information has been released about her condition. And of course, this didn't really shock me that much because, you know, there's plenty of people who are alive but really appear dead. I mean, how else do you explain Joe Biden? I mean, maybe the paramedics are just big Rob Zombie fans, you know? Didn't he have a hit song years ago, Living Dead Girl? At first, I kind of felt happy this young woman was still alive, but then I remembered that, well, she's from Detroit. Now I just feel bad. This is something, though, that, well, it's, you have to see it to disbelieve it. The brocchini. Have you seen this? It's a bikini for men. If you like Borat's bathing suit, but, well, maybe you'd prefer to show about eh, 8% less skin, this might be for you. Two guys from Toronto launched a new line of bathing suits, calling it the Brokini, a bikini for men. Now, it's not a two-piece, so it's not really a bikini. There's a single strap that goes over one shoulder. So it's more like a skimpier version of Andre the Giant's wrestling singlet, but with uh, fun patterns. They got two versions for sale at brokinis.com, one with pineapple polka dots and a pink and white one that's covered with flamingos. Bum, 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 bum. You could wear speedos or banana hammocks. Surfing in board shorts or swimming in briefs. Could wear a wetsuit or swim trunks or spandex. Now dudes are wearing new suits at the beach. Two, three, four, what's replacing swimming shorts? 
he wore And if I saw it, I'd run screaming from a dude in a brokini It's the strangest thing I've ever seen I can't believe my eyes are seeing grown-up men wearing brokinis Even Borat would not wear that thing Oh, and by the way, the brokinis will cost you about 40 bucks You're not going to pay, I'm not paying 40 bucks to be covered in pink flamingos, or much less pineapple polka dots. (laughs) Well, anyway, you ever gotten into an argument with your significant other? It could be dangerous with this woman. This guy tries to ignore his wife's argument, so she stabs him in the back. I'm not sure what makes somebody angrier during the argument, telling him to calm down or just ignoring him. I think this would be a vote for the second one. And the guy is a man who lives in Easton, Pennsylvania. He was loading stuff into his truck one afternoon, and his 43-year-old estranged wife, Deborah Cancel, showed up. That's her name, Deborah Cancel. So they started arguing, but while Deborah was yelling and carrying on, the guy just turned around to ignore her and kept loading his truck. Well, that made her so angry She stabbed him in the back two times. He was taken to the hospital by paramedics, and, well, old Deborah was charged with assault. I guess you can say she really tried to cancel him. And uh, here's a Texas couple that's, well, got registered for 750 vacuum cleaners. What? I know it's normal for maybe... Having one, maybe two vacuum cleaners on your wedding registry, but I think this is a little much. This couple is from Austin, Texas. They've created a very niche wedding registry, and they're asking only for vacuums. The bride-to-be, Meg Hahn, put together this unique registry on the wedding planning platform called the Not Registry. To surprise her vacuum connoisseur fiancé, Brandon Armbruster. Armbruster says he loves the instant gratification he gets from vacuuming and has since he was a child. He he also owns seven robot vacuums to keep his home dust-free and debris-free. Han says the registry was really created as a joke, and they don't want their friends to feel obligated to buy them vacuums. Uh, By the way, the pair will be getting married next year. Talk about Wedding presents that really suck. I mean, the groom doesn't need vacuum cleaners. I think he needs therapy. And as I was mentioning earlier about about your best friend, man's best friend, you know, if you've taken your dog for a walk, well, just think, you can take your dog for a walk, and then after you get back from your walk, you both can enjoy a nice cold one. It's fantastic news if you're a beer drinker, because now... You don't have to feel guilty for drinking all alone all the time. Thanks to the folks at Bush, they've just announced they're launching a new beer for dogs. It's called Bush Dog Brew. And it's, well, non-alcoholic, obviously, because alcohol in dogs can be fatal. But they brewed it with flavors that your dog would like, including, these are real, bone-in pork butt, corn, and mint. And you can buy a four-pack online for 10 bucks. And the last time I checked, they're already sold out. 
So welcome to 2020. As if we have enough problems with pandemic, riots, race un- unrest. Oh, and don't forget um, the bubonic plague that somebody caught in California. And then we've got this supposed asteroid that's on a collision course for Earth, or at least a near miss for Earth by Election Day. Oh, and then we've got the elections and all the political unrest. If we needed anything else, we have it. Poison ivy has gotten even more dangerous. (laughs) Definitely a 2020 story for sure. According to a professor at the University of Georgia, poison ivy is even more dangerous than it's ever been. You know, I used to get poison ivy. You could be burning that stuff in three zip codes away and I would get it. Guaranteed. The interesting thing, since moving to Pennsylvania, I really haven't picked up a bad case of poison ivy. I don't know why, but I remember having poison ivy so bad I actually had to take medicine internally to cure it from the bloodstream. It was just ridiculous. But poison ivy nowadays is growing at a faster rate and becoming more potent. And you may ask, why? Well, it's all because of the increase in CO2 levels, which they claim is caused by climate change. So, yes, a new bullet in the chamber for folks that are pushing for climate change. If you want the climate to get better, you might want to scratch your way there because you're climate is affecting poison ivy. So yes, we're making poison ivy more dangerous and nobody seems much in a hurry to do anything about it. I don't know about that, but anyway. And here's a guy who was just itching to get away from the cops, but ended up jumping out of his own moving car and ran himself over. Doesn't exactly seem like the best strategy for escaping from the cops. He's a 32-year-old guy named Jordan Walbaum. He's from Spencer, Iowa which, by the way, stands for idiots out walking around. He wanted a, he was wanted for stealing this Chevy pickup truck, and, well, one afternoon some cops spotted him in the truck, so they got into a high-speed chase. And First, Jordan throws out his meth out the window of this moving truck. Then he got out of the moving truck and then ran over himself. The truck wound up hitting uh, two other cars and then crashed into a garage, and, well... Jordan got himself arrested. Then he was taken to a hospital to get treatment. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's The Week in Review. Well, it was quite the week of insane stupidity, all right. I'm not even talking about the politics. However... I did enjoy watching all the liberal heads explode when the the young guy from uh, Covington High School, Nicholas Sandman, spoke at the Republican National Convention about being canceled by all the news media because he was wearing his MAGA hat at the Lincoln Memorial. Remember that? Years, uh, several months ago, whenever Nathan Phillips, the Native American, came banging the drum and shouting in his face, and he just stood there with a smile and... Well, he had the last laugh because, let's just say, old Nicholas has got his entire college career pretty much paid for thanks to the Washington Post and CNN and the New York Times. <laughs> it was wonderful watching him um, have his little speech, and at the end of the speech, he put his MAGA hat back on, and all the heads at CNN completely caved in. It was wonderful. But that was my favorite part of the week. But... There's been some other insane stories 
a new study found that taking a daily power walk decreases your chance of an early death by 30%. I believe it's because my grandma is 95 and she walks five miles every day. Yes, I, I, I can believe that. Uh, we can't find her, but I know she's out there. A new report claims that underage teens have been having, quote, digital sex parties on the Roblox online gaming platform that allows them to make characters do whatever they want. I got to say, these kids have it easy. You know, in my day, if you wanted to see this sort of thing, you didn't get to sneak down to the basement or sneak into your dad's nightstand. It was a daring mission. Roblox, you see, is getting tons of calls now to cancel this from parents. And they're also getting calls from Prince Andrew to leave it up. Russian doctors were working frantically to save the life of Vladimir Putin's biggest critic after he got poisoned while drinking tea. But they don't want to work too frantically or Putin will take them to Starbucks next. Yeah, America runs on Duncan, but Russia dies on Putin. And a stranger dressed as Batman has been roaming the streets of Santiago and feeding the homeless in the South American capital. I don't know what is more shocking to find out that there's a Batman out there feeding the homeless or that Santiago is the capital of South America. I had no idea. Well, this is much better than when the Riddler fed the homeless because they didn't guess the riddle that he'd keep the food. My bone of contention with this headline is that they're saying that it's someone dressed as Batman. Given how crazy 2020 is, how do they know it's not the real Batman? Of course, the Democratic Party is accusing anyone who's mispronounced Kamala Harris's name now of being racist, which is only funny because Biden has screwed it up twice already, although they're just happy that he remembered it. Massachusetts police are looking for a masked man who was giving strangers COVID hugs at Walmart. He's considered armed and dangerous. <laughs> he started off hugging, but soon he's going to be spooning in prison. And San Francisco is being plagued by a group of homeless people that have been going to the bathroom near the Dome of Eateries. Of course, it's not PC to call them homeless in San Francisco. You see, they're free-range people. They're nice restaurants, uh, but whatever you do, don't uh, order a number two meal. They've legalized marijuana in San Francisco, and now it appears they have a crack problem. And Mittens the Cat is a finalist to be the New Zealander of the Year in a vote that pits her against the country's prime minister and its health director. <laughs> Don't get too excited. Knowing your history of chasing birds, Mittens will probably get in trouble for some old tweets. And a sex robot customer in the UK is vowing to never date humans again. Okay, well, if the guy paid five buck or five grand for a sex robot... Let's not pretend he was dating humans before this. These sex robots really are so realistic. The only way to stop it from having sex is to marry it. David Pecker has been ousted as the publisher of the National Enquirer. Have you seen this? you got to kind of feel for the guy because well, Pecker's having a hard time. I, I mean, they really gave Pecker the shaft. Well, you know, give the board credit. It was a ballsy move. I mean, it's not easy to let go of your Pecker. Most publishers fight back at this time like this, but 
Pecker decided to hit the sack. They're saying he could sue down the road, but so this Pecker story is just the tip, I guess, right? Okay, okay, all right. I'll stop with the Pecker jokes because they're just getting nuts. Joe Biden tells ABC News recently he'd be open to running for a second term of president at the age of 82. People think Joe's not all there, but he says he'll be the best president since Paul Revere. And have you heard that White House advisor Kellyanne Conway, she's leaving her position at the end of the month to deal with strife in her family after her husband and daughter got into a Twitter spat about her role in the Trump administration. She's believed, I think, to be the very first person in politics who legitimately is leaving to spend more time with her family. Oh, by the way, I'd love to know what constitutes the difference between a Twitter war and a Twitter spat. Her husband is, you know, a very outspoken person against Donald Trump. But meanwhile, their teenage daughter is trying to legally leave the family, which all makes for a rather extremely uncomfortable upcoming episode of Family Feud. It's the Conway family on the next Family Feud. Top four answers on the board, ladies. Here we go. Tell me another way people say mother. Um, my mom. I'm not going to bring my kids into this. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Y'all crazy. (laughs) The Conway family on the next Family Feud. Look for it on the Game Show channel and coming soon to Court TV. A YouGov poll found that 57% of Republicans think the coronavirus death death toll was acceptable. Now, to be fair, the government models were shown in the beginning, said that there were going to be be, uh, 2 million deaths. So whenever they said acceptable, they're probably making a comparison, which I only point out because the media will be like, Republicans don't care if people die. It's almost like they're biased or something. Just 10% of the Democratic voters said the death toll is acceptable, which is kind of surprising because Democrats have nominated a dead guy for president. And, of course, as I started out the podcast talking about the leader of Liberty University, Jerry Falwell Jr., says his wife had an affair with their pool boy and claims they were being blackmailed because of it. Falwell is currently, well, ended up getting suspended with pay from Liberty University Apparently, after his wife hooked up with the pool boy, he went off the deep end. That's when you saw that rather, um, I don't know, inappropriate picture of him and some other young lady wearing homemade bear midriffs on a yacht with him holding a glass of some dark liquid. I don't know, posting it on his Instagram, you know. But his wife having an affair with a pool boy? Sometimes I feel like the news is literally ripping headlines straight out of Americans' search history. I guess he's quitting to spend more time watching his family. The resignation, of course, puts his wife in a bad position, but apparently she's used to those. My wife is sexy. We're out by the pool and we were horny And though I am religious I didn't do what's right Oh no, I've sinned too much I like to watch That's me in the corner 
that's her with the pool boy abusing our religion living on cash from my school I like seeing other men do her worth a hundred million bucks but I just quit my job you thought I was good and pious you thought I was so holy you thought I was a moral guy but that's hypocrisy guys like my wife that's hypocrisy took money all for me me And then Falwell reportedly is supposed to be going to be receiving $10.5 million as a payout as part of his resignation from Liberty. He's leaving the college, but he's still staying, staying involved in politics. Apparently, he's been very helpful with the swing voters. The ACLU is offering to help the <clears throat> hashtag free Britney Spears controversy. <clears throat> there, there's a big uh, controversy of this conservatorship that lets Britney's father control her finances. This isn't like an old story. I've known about this for years. But this does sound nice of the ACLU to do this. Of course, if you watch Britney's Instagram videos, it doesn't look like she really should be in charge of her money. She'd blow it all on Pop-Tarts and parachute pants. I wish I had somebody in control of my money whenever I was in my 20s. I spent 90% of it on record albums and concerts and all the rest of it then I wasted. Of course, this whole thing about the Britney Spears conservative uh, controversy has started the hashtag free Britney um, campaign on social media. And uh, apparently it's prompted my northern Arkansas correspondent, Mountain View Margaret, to chime in to share her own thoughts on the hashtag Free Britney movement. Well, there's a whole big thing on the internet about Free Britney Spears. And when I first saw it, I said, Hey, I wonder if she's doing time anywhere I done time. Uh, so I read more about it and come to find out she ain't even in prison. Now, I don't know all the details, but basically it seems like she ain't allowed to run her own life no more because she keeps making bad decisions. <laughs> well... Welcome to the club, Brittany. <laughs> I do feel bad for the old gal, though, and I just wanted to say, Brittany, if you're listening, you can come over to my house any dang time, girl. Now, I don't live nowhere fancy like Beverly Hills or Pampa, uh, but I do got lots in common with you, Brittany. Uh, we both love Cheetos and halter tops and smoking. <laughs> and that baby daddy of yours, that K-Fed, man, he looks just like my third husband, Radon. I, I mean, if, like, Radon had front teeth. Uh, okay, I gotta go. I've taken up roadkill taxidermy, and I just got a call about a gently ran over deer. Uh, bingo! Well, the NFL had 77 false positive corona tests, which have since come back negative. It's a good thing they brought back instant replay. The players' union will not be charged with a timeout, and the result of the play is a first down. <laughs> the New York Jets had nine players that tested positive. You know, we should have known the Jets couldn't catch something. 
So now there's a new production by Football Films that now shows how instant replay isn't only something the referees use to make the right call. Football Films presents After Further Review. Right now, the biggest test for NFL players is not on the practice field. It's in the medical lab. And a rush of false positive COVID tests could lead to a false start of the season. Who's administering these tests that can't get it right the first time? The referees? Just like how pass interference oftentimes isn't, COVID positive tests are being overturned with instant replay. But it's not the head coach who challenges. It's the team doctor. Don't let a blown call ruin your season. If you're flagged for a pandemic penalty, challenge it. And with any luck, you'll be back on the gridiron after further review. And I like this story. KFC, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, they're dropping the phrase, finger licking good. Well, because it's not coronavirus safe. Although, if you're getting health advice from a fried chicken chain, chances are you've got a bigger problem than corona. You know, the colonel isn't worried about doctors. He's worried about lawyers. They, they don't want someone's gross habit to get to them sued for <laughs> gross negligence. Because chances are some jury will wind up giving them the bird. See what I did there? Well... The colonel has come out with a new slogan that might be more appropriate for the pandemic. I'm Colonel Sanders. At KFC, we scrapped the phrase finger licking good due to the coronavirus. Now we say it's burping to your mask smelling good. Mmm, I can taste those 11 herbs and spices. There was also some indigestion. Better have some soda through my straw flap. Woohoo! Now that is some classic KFC. Don't lick your fingers, though, or you'll be deader than these chickens. So come to KFC for some pandemic poultry. It's burping to your mask smelling good. Woo! That one was extra crispy. Well, the smoke from California's wildfires is so bad now, it's actually visible in Kansas City. But the people of Kansas City are still happy to see something going up in smoke besides the Royals. Most people had no idea that was smoke from California. They all thought Elizabeth Warren was just sending a message. Former Seahawks cornerback Kemma Silverand apologized for trying to sneak a woman into the team's hotel. The team cut him after he got called for holding. Silverand had the woman dress up in her or in the Seahawks gear, kind of like she was one of the players. Even in the offseason, some players will do anything to score. So Donald Trump accepted the Republican nomination for a second term as president at the White House. If somebody went into a coma five years ago and woke up to that headline, they might just go right back into that coma. I mean, say what you want, though, about Trump. The guy's been really good for jobs. Even the people that he fires gets a book deal. He's also living proof that not everyone loses their job for saying crazy things on social media. I mean, the stock market has gone through the roof during his tenure. And although, to be fair, most of those stocks were for riot gear and Twitter, Trump has raised more money than Biden, though they don't have exact numbers because, well, Stormy Daniels donated in singles and they're still counting it. 
Trump has tripled ratings for all the cable news networks. In fact, he's so popular, they even made a movie about his tax returns. It's called Hidden Figures. Trump's speech started around 10 p.m. or so during the RNC. Biden, I think, caught some of it when he woke up to pee. In fact, uh, Trump took a quick moment to give old Joe a phone call during the convention. Hey, Joe Biden, it's Donald, and I had a few questions. Absolutely not. Don't hang up. I wanted to congratulate you on your big speech, although it wasn't very factual. We choose truth over facts. I don't know what that means, but I like it. Well, this week, I'm pulling out all the stops, including my ace in the hole, Steve Bannon. You know, everybody's talking about him. Come on, man. Stormy Daniels will be there to help everyone's polls numbers. Come on, let's get real here. What do you think I should tell these people? Go to Joe 30330. Wait a minute, that's your donation number. He thinks he's so smart, but I got a higher IQ than him. All 396 days of the year. Fox News had the highest audience for the convention in all of cable news history during the first night of the Republican convention. Now, technically speaking, CNN had the highest audience. They just didn't have that many viewers. Although, overall, the ratings for the Democratic convention were higher than the Republican convention by one million viewers over the first two nights. Part of that is because... People wanted to see if Biden went on the fritz and started saying he was Batman. And a study by the Broad Institute found that the coronavirus was spread across the country after a conference at the headquarters of a Boston drug company in late February. Long story short, 35 people met in person, so now we all get to meet on Zoom. The Broad Institute. Sounds like something Archie Bunker would call an all-female school. The CDC is also warning business employees not to argue with customers who refuse to wear a mask. You know, you can go viral in more ways than one if you end up in a Karen video. Intelligence sources continue to struggle with the details about the status of the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, who may or may not have died in recent weeks. North Korean media released pictures they claim are recent, but most people trust the profile pictures on dating sites more than North Korea's media. They're like, well, this is from August 25th, yet somehow there's snow in the background. The problem is everyone is checking the places they've expected him to go. What they really should do is look in the other areas no one would think to look, you know, like the gym. Either way you slice it, Kim Jong-un has only been seen in public twice in the last six months. So about the same as Joe Biden. And Bette Midler is getting slammed for tweeting during First Lady Melania Trump's convention speech this week. Get that illegal alien off the stage. To be fair, she was just retweeting Hillary. By the way, for those of you under the age of 50, Bette Midler was a singer, you know, who had a hit song on the soundtrack of Beaches. Oh, and just to be clear, Beaches was a movie, which I only point out because it kind of sounds a little like a resort your parents go to. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing. And now this week's a genius award. We have a great collection of geniuses that are getting genius awards this week, like this suspected looter who undercover cops busted in Chicago after he tried to sell them $2,700 designer sweatwear or designer sweater. The 29-year-old Melvin Banks 
advertised the Brunello Cuccinelli swag for sale online, which was seen by a staffer at the Italian luxury brand's looted Windy City store. Banks was arrested after undercover cops arranged to pay $800 for the stolen item, one that clearly impressed the judge at his first court hearing. He said, I don't know how a $2,000 sweater feels, but it must be immaculate. Cook County Judge John Lyke Jr. told the hearing there, Banks was held on a $2,000 bail but kept overnight for a pending drug charge for which he was out on bond. He's not the only accused looter with swanky swag. A mom of four, Gabrielle McGriff, was charged with selling a pair of $1,400 boots also stolen from the Brunello Cuccinelli store. There has been so much looting and gunfire and general unrest in Chicago recently So residents say the city's finally getting back to normal. The real story here, though, is that there's a $2,700 sweater out there. You know, if I tried to buy that thing, I don't think the store would accept my old Navy credit card. And then there's this. A frisky high school freshman in San Antonio turned a virtual art class into an unwanted peep show, pulling up his shirt and making sexual advances toward a teacher. A Zoom class held by a female teacher for more than a dozen students at the Thomas Edison High School descended into chaos when at least, uh, well, one unidentified freshman decided to yank up his shirt and expose his chest during the session while saying he'd like to perform some sex acts on her. Well, during the class, a portion of which was obtained by the local TV station, one student held up his shirt while gyrating toward the camera. The video shows, why you so sexy, one student says, before saying the teacher's name, which was removed from the footage. Officials from the San Antonio Independent School District confirmed that they're looking into the incident, saying that, quote, appropriate disciplinary action will be taken. What, what was a young kid doing revealing so much skin while streaming live online. I mean, did he get confused and think he was maybe filming for Prince Andrew? I guess you can't blame the kid, though, for trying. I mean, with all the student-teacher relations going on these days, he probably figured he had a 50-50 shot. Or how about the Kentucky man who copped into trying to sell his girlfriend's child for $2,500 outside a convenience store? According to police, the tipster called 911 around 1.20 in the morning to report that a male suspect approached two individuals and offered to sell them the four-year-old child. Witnesses provided Kentucky State Police officers with the license plate of the suspect's white Nissan, which led them to a home about five miles away. And inside, they found the child, his 26-year-old mother, Gertrude Henson, and a 29-year-old Harry Day. During the questioning, Day and Henson reportedly admitted to using methamphetamine earlier in the day. A search of the residence did turn up some meth and drug paraphernalia, and additionally, Day had visible track marks that were still bleeding. Day was arrested and charged with promoting human trafficking, DUI, and two vehicular accounts, and Henson was charged with meth possession, endangering the welfare of a child, and possession of drug paraphernalia. I know most people are appalled to hear about someone trying to sell a child, and then there are people like Prince Andrew who say, $2,500? What a bargain! I mean, imagine witnessing a kid being sold at a convenience store. I always thought Three-day-old hot dogs and nacho cheese from a dispenser were the most disgusting things you could purchase.
And what about this? A man in northeast Florida was caught headed to the beach with $20,000 worth of illegal narcotics in his vehicle. Deputies pulled over a 57-year-old Randy Matthews for not wearing a seatbelt. And deputies say they asked him where he was headed. He told him he was headed to Daytona Beach to party with some girls. Matthews consented to a search of his vehicle, and that resulted in the confiscation of three and a half pounds of marijuana, 300 vaping cartridges containing THC, as well as pills and 21 THC gummy packs. When asked about the contents of his vehicle, Matthews responded, Well, you have to be a good host. Matthews was arrested and charged with 12 counts of distribution of marijuana, a count of intent to sell or deliver marijuana, four counts of possession of a controlled substance without a prescription, and four misdemeanor counts of possession of drug equipment. (laughs) Sheesh. $20,000 worth of weed? When you approach this guy, you don't say, Hi, how are you? You say, How high are you? I mean, he was bringing a ton of marijuana to this beach party. I guess you could say he had a boatload of coral reefer. And you got to check this one out. A convenience store owner in Jacksonville, Florida, had a rather uniquely Floridian problem. People will not stop heating up pee in the store's microwave. The microwave, which is, you know, generally reserved for heating up gas station food that makes liquid come out of your backside, instead is being frequently used to heat a liquid that has already exited people's front sides because the convenience store just happens to be around the corner from a drug testing facility. People come into the store to warm up the clean pee they get from friends or whomever in order to make it seem like the pee is theirs and fresh, fresh, thus allowing them to pass the drug tests. This happens so frequently. In fact, the store's owner, Parul Patel, had to put a sign on the microwave to prevent it. Wow. I can't even imagine witnessing someone heating up urine. This is the grossest hot yellow liquid seen inside of a convenience store since the nacho cheese sauce. I wonder if these people can get charged with a crime. Is there a chance that this could be a Class P misdemeanor? And you'll never believe this story from a Pittsburgh public school board. One of their board members forgot to turn off her camera on a Zoom meeting before getting in the shower. Veronica Edwards was seen undressing and getting into the shower during the district's live-streamed public agenda meeting. Edwards is a Pittsburgh Public Schools graduate and worked 37 years at the district before retiring. And in a written, written statement, Edwards said she regretted the incident but remains, quote, committed and resolved and focused on her responsibilities to educate all children. Her statement goes on to explain that during that, uh, that during that, due to the changing times of virtual meetings, she had experienced a larger demand on her time, which led to attempts of multitasking during some of the meetings. Now, it's unclear how many people viewed the live incident, but the recording of the meeting has been edited to remove the uh, showering incident. (laughs) I mean, what was she doing showering during a live virtual meeting? You you normally only hear hit the showers after a live virtual gym class. She was streaming live naked in the shower? Is she a school board member or a social media influencer? I don't know. Anyway, I got one more. Police say that a 75-year-old Florida man 
was assaulted after asking a woman to abide by a supermarket's coronavirus social distancing restrictions. And it all happened in the parking lot at a Daytona Beach Shores Publix market. The victim explained that the woman got too close to him in the checkout line, ignoring social distancing decals on the floor. So he just simply asked her to step back. Well, the trouble began then when he paid for his groceries and then left the store and was walking back to his car. Police say the assailant was a man who punched the victim in the chest and then drove off in a Cadillac with the woman. Now, that blow knocked the victim to the ground, according to local media, which also reported that he also was not seriously hurt. The victim said the assailant then told him, one word and I'll kill you. Seeking tips, the police released surveillance footage from the public's market that they say shows the assault suspect in a blue shirt on the checkout line. Supermarkets are getting so out of control. You go in to buy batter but wind up getting battered. I mean, who needs to buy Hawaiian punch when you can just get regular punched? Well, I conclude on a passing thought. Amish girls have no way of knowing if it's a romantic candlelight dinner or just a regular dinner. Hmm. Oh, don't forget to share and subscribe to the podcast So, um, and, and pass it along to all your stupid friends and family so they can at least feel so much less self-conscious about their own stupidity. Of course, we can't do the podcast without a few acknowledgments. What? You think I write all this stuff by myself? Thanks to A-List Comedy, Ad Large Media, Premier Networks, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, Pulse of Radio, United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.